Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture. I'm your host, Shree Sims, and this is the Black Love Podcast Network. Now, before I start anything, I have to tell you that my children are surprisingly home, so we may have like real-life, real-time podcast, and you may hear all kinds of things because I'm here with six children, but let's give it up for the fact that it's quiet right now. Woo! Okay, let's not give it up for too long because I might actually be giving up the peace and quiet. Um, As always, I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. This is something we do at the dinner table to connect with each other and find out what is going on in one another's day. Um, So the pit of my day is that one, it is hot as hell here and I'm literally dripping sweat and I told y'all I'm a brat in the heat and I'm mad and hot and I don't like it. I don't like to be wet when I should be dry and I'm not in a pool or near a pool. Uh, Also, they are filming a movie outside of our house and decided to station the porta potty truck directly in front of my kitchen window. So now it's hot and it smells like shh. It smells. I try to cook and it's too hot to cook with the doors closed, the windows closed. So I open the window and then it just smells like cooked poop all throughout my house. It's horrible. So it is pity and shitty over here. <laughs> um, but the peak of my day My day is just getting started. It's early right now. Um, So the peak of my day is that my dad did call me daddy to the rescue and invited me to his air conditioned house. So that is where we will be heading as soon as I say peace out, friends. (laughs) Know that I'm throwing everybody in the car and we are going to daddy's house. (laughs) Uh, So we talked a little bit about back to school last time, and I wanted to continue with that because things are new and there's a lot of safety involved with back to school, not just back to school, just safety involved with school. And safety is something that I have to talk about and practice with my children in my preschool, it's something that we constantly teach and practice. And um, well, I'll start with a story. Y'all ready for story time? So on day one, when I went to take my littles to traditional school, um, we had already filled out all the enrollment paper. Y'all, I don't know what's up with this. I filled out like 75 pages of handwritten paperwork only for an administrator to have to enter it into a computer system by hand. Mind you, there's like 500 kids, so you can imagine how long that takes. And I would have been more than willing to just enter it into a computer so they could just upload it somewhere and we could have saved that hassle. But anyways... On day one, there were probably about 50 to 60 children who were already, do y'all hear mommy, mommy? (laughs) All right. So on day one, they had about 50 to 60 children who, like me, the parents had filled out all the paperwork, but the paperwork had not been processed and put into the system. So the children technically weren't yet enrolled. Now, I stuck around because this was my first time, as you know, sending my four-year-olds to traditional school. So I had my own mommy moments of like not wanting to actually leave the school, make sure that they were okay, not going to have any breakdowns. And while I was there, there were two boys in the office who uh, I believe were Spanish speakers, did not speak any English, and their paperwork had not been processed. So these are two boys. They were three years old both in the UTK program and not yet fully enrolled in the school. But their parents thought that they had enrolled them in the school, so they dropped them off at school and they drove away and went to work. Um, So the boys were just in the office, not allowed to go to class because they were not officially students of the school. And the staff there was trying to figure out who they were. So they're asking the little boys, what's your name? Both of them happen to be named Matthew 
or else they were just saying Matthew. But on their paperwork, their name was Mateo. So one, the office was looking for a Matthew on paperwork, unable to find a Matthew because their name on the paperwork is Mateo. Two, these little boys did not know their last name. And three, these little boys did not know their parents' name. So when the staff in the office was asking them, what is your mom's name? What is your dad's name? The boys were just crying and they were saying, I don't know. And it broke my heart because I just imagined my own three-year-olds in the office on a first day of school, away from their parents, not in any kind of secure classroom with children, thinking they were going to be with kids and now kind of not having any idea of what was going on. And so it made me want to talk to you guys a little bit about how we can better prepare our children to be safe and comfortable and secure in school and how we can prepare ourselves for various situations that can happen in school. So let's just start with these little boys and start with the importance of teaching our children, regardless of how young they are, your name, their father's name, their grandparents' name, so that they don't just think that's mommy or mommy Sharice, but make sure that they know you are Sharice Sims or Hiram Sims. Make sure they know their full name. A lot of times children know their first name. They may or may not know their last name. They may or may not even have an idea that they have a middle name. And again, this is one of those things that we kind of think this is obvious and they know it, but just ask them and tell them and make sure that they actually know all of the full names of the important people in your life and teach them your phone number. So I had realized way back in the day, I think Christina was about one and a half and she was, she wasn't even one and a half. She was like one and she was singing bingo and she's like B-I-N-G-O and bingo was his name. And I, as a mom, just kind of praised her and was like, you can spell and then kind of had a mind blowing moment. And I was like, oh, she can spell. Like if I just put things to a song, she's going to remember them. And so I started putting everything to a song. I took her name and I put it to a song. I took my name. I put it to a song. I took our address, put it to a song and our phone numbers and put it to a song. And by two years old, this girl knew how to spell her full name, my full name. She knew our full address. She knew our phone numbers. Uh, So that was one of the easiest and best ways that I figured out how to teach children how to memorize some very important information was just putting it to the tune of a song they already knew and making sure that they knew what that information was and how to hold on to it and how to retrieve it when they needed it. Uh, So that's what I would suggest for you is make sure your child knows all the full names, make sure they know addresses, make sure they know phone numbers. And if you care to know, this is actually something that we do in preschool around four years old, it's literally written on our teacher assessments. Does your child know their name? Does your child know their parent's name? Do they know their home address and their phone number? So these are things you want to make sure that you're teaching your children as early as possible. Um, Number two, something that I always think about is pickup time for my children. Now, part of this may be paranoia, (laughs) and it may come from paranoia of being a teacher because I have had instances, usually this has to do with like family drama and custody issues, but I have experienced when people in a family are coming to pick up a child and they are not authorized to pick up the child. Uh, It may even be a potentially dangerous situation. They're not allowed to take the child, but they will still come 
and try to pick up that child. And they will still come and kind of lean on the fact that this child knows me. I'm auntie so-and-so or I'm great grandma. Like y'all would not believe I've I've had a grandma who was in, you know, I think she had her baby at 13 and then her baby had the baby at 15. And so this was a 30-year-old grandma who just got out of jail coming to get her grandbaby from school with no rights or authorization to have the baby and not the safest option for the baby to go home with. So these things happen. And I share that to say, like, this is how my mind got to a place where I was like, I need to make sure that my children always know who they can leave with and when it's okay to leave with somebody, even if it's someone they know, or God forbid, we have social media now, and sometimes people can learn us and learn things about our children through social media. And for whatever various reasons, they may want to come and try to pick our child up and how easily they can say, I'm friends with your mom, Sharice. Yeah, she does this and that. And you have five sisters and your name is this. And like, just come with me. And I have a puppy in the car and I have a popsicle, you know, all these things that might be enticing and make the child feel comfortable to go with them. So one thing that I practice with my children is having code words. I'm not going to share mine with y'all. Y'all got to come up with your own code word. But we will come up with a code word. Every year, we kind of change it and switch it up. And there are obviously certain people on the emergency cards that are authorized to pick them up. But for my role, I will also always make sure that my child knows who to expect to pick them up. So I will always tell them, I'm picking you up this afternoon, or Papa's picking you up this afternoon, or Grandma's going to come get you this afternoon. So one, I always want my children to know who to expect picking them up. But I also recognize that life happens, emergency happens, and there may be a day that my car breaks down on the side of the road on my way to go pick them up. And I've got to call my dad to pick them up. And they may have been expecting me to pick them up. So on a day like this, you know, someone might come to pick them up one day that wasn't supposed to and might say, your mom's car broke down, come with me. And they might feel like, okay, that's normal. So I'll go with you. So rather than just risking that, and I know that the chances of this are little to none, but still little and still there. And so to, you know, empower ourselves and make sure we're safe against any potentially dangerous situations, I will tell them the code word is, let's say it's princess, right? So if someone comes to pick you up that you were not expecting, make sure that they know the code word and you can ask them, what's the code word? If they don't know the code word, do not go with them. I didn't send them. Anybody I send to pick you up is going to know the code word. Now, I love this idea. There are a lot of parents I know that practice this and that love this idea, but there are a lot of people that say, yeah, that's fine and great, but my child is probably going to forget or my child is probably going to look at the person and say, the code word is princess and then go with with the person. And this is very true. We cannot just tell a child something once and expect that they're going to get it. And recently, I was actually reading uh, an article of research in the realm of professional development for teachers, and it found that even for adults who have fully developed brains and are fully grown and developed and have been practicing in a field, anytime they gain a new skill or a new tool or a new practice that they might implement in the classroom, 
Research says that teachers have to do it a minimum of 20 times before they do it well and before they really gain and grasp the concept of the tool. Now, if that is what it is for an adult, imagine what it is for a child. So us just kind of sitting down and having a safety talk with our child one time or even two times or even 20 times does not mean that they fully grasp the concept of the skill. It doesn't mean that they fully understand it or know how to implement it. So to avoid your child getting picked up by a random person and saying, the code word is princess. Now give me that popsicle. You want to actually practice the code word with your kids. And you can literally do this every day that you pick them up. You can tell them, I'm going to pick you up today. They expect you to pick them up. When you pick them up, have them practice to you saying, what's the code word? And then you whisper it in their ear and you get them in the habit of doing it, even though it's you, even though you're the safe person, but they're now in the habit and the practice of actually asking that question where it becomes more comfortable for them. They know how to say the words. It is actually a routine of theirs. So when someone new comes, even if they're expecting them they're already in the habit of saying, what's the code word? So that that's one of the biggest ways that I think a lot of us forget about is that anytime we're teaching our child a new skill, a new tool, we have to practice it with them. And you can practice through role play. You can do it at home. You can do it at school at pickup. You can do it at drop off. But you can do it as often as possible and make it a game for them. I don't know. I mean, I hesitate to say make it a game because you don't want them to think that safety is a game. But we do know that children learn through play. So you can make it something that feels comfortable and good for them. But I would definitely say that you want to introduce it through talk, but then you want to put it into practice with them so that they're habitually in, in the practice of doing that with whoever is coming to pick them up. Hey, friends, I want to tell you something. Black is beautiful. Black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. And so am I. Where my Target mama's at? Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of Black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the Black community to supporting HBCU students and uplifting Black entrepreneurs, like myself. Shop Black-owned or founded brands at Target, from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself in joy and amplify your Black love with the help of the Black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure to learn more. Now let's talk a little bit about stranger danger in the realm of our children might be going on field trips this year. And so they might be out and about with a large group of people and few adults. And if you're anything like me, as much as you love your child's teacher and the teacher assistant and the classroom grandma and the field trip advisor, it's still your baby. <laughs> and you you don't always trust that other people are going to watch your baby the way that you would watch your baby. And yes, when I say baby, I mean any child ages zero to 18, right? Like, let's be honest. These kids are taller than us now, but they're still our babies and we still want them watched over and protected in a certain way that no judgment passed. If if it's not your child, you're not watching them the same way. And if it's your responsibility to watch 30 of them, you can't possibly have your eyes on them the whole time. Maybe you have that child that likes to wander and just catches, sees something to the side of the group that looks good to them and they walk off. And you've had the talks about stay with the group, 
but how how have you been able to practice staying with the group if y'all have always been in the classroom or wherever else? So you know your child and maybe you have the child that will easily go off because they saw a butterfly or they saw a painting somewhere. So what do we do in cases where our children are getting ready to go to field trips? One, we reiterate that safety code, that safety word, right? Two, we want to make sure that we know how to communicate with their teacher during the day and that their teacher knows how to communicate with us. Now, if your school is anything like my school, you filled out seven papers with your phone number on it seven different times for some reason. You filled out one for the office, one for the yard, one for the teacher. Still make sure that your teacher has your phone number and your contact information because paperwork takes a long time to process and understandably. If I'm getting 50 papers of phone numbers, they're not all going into my phone immediately that day. So make sure that your teacher knows who you are, knows how to reach you. If possible, know how to reach your teacher. I wish I had all my teacher's cell phone numbers, but I understand that they got to have boundaries. (laughs) And I understand that some parents be texting and calling at night or early in the morning. I've had those parents. So maybe your teacher has something like Class Dojo or Parent Portal or Bright Wheel, something where you can message them and it does go to their phone. Whatever it is, make sure that you know what that is so your teacher and you can be in communication even when they're out on a field trip. Second thing you want to do is take a picture of your child at the start of the day. If worst case scenario happens and your child is lost or missing, you want to be able to have a picture to show authorities, the museum trip they went on, police officers, say, this is what my child looks like today. This is what they're wearing today. And then know all of their sizes. Know how tall they are, how much they weigh, what shoe size they wear, and say, this is what they look like today. This is how tall they are. This is how much they weigh. This is their shoe size. This is the name that they respond to. A lot of times we might have children that go by their middle name, right? So if, a, if an officer is looking for them and they look on the paperwork and see the first name is Willie, but the middle name is Daniel, and your child goes by Daniel, but they're out yelling Willie, like it's not going to work as effectively. So make sure that you communicate what name your child goes by or any nicknames that they go by. And remember the shoes. The shoes are a big thing. And this was brought to me by a friend of mine um, who reminded me that shoes are usually the last thing on a child that perpetrators switch out. So a perpetrator might take your child and be smart enough to switch their clothes, put a hat on them, whatever else. But they usually don't have a pair of your you know, your child's shoe size in their car to switch out their shoes. So if you know their shoe size and which shoes they were wearing that day, that is actually one of the most helpful things that you can give people who are helping to look for your child. So again, this is something that you can practice with your child. If they're getting ready to go on a field trip, you can warn them about possible scenarios. Hey, there might be someone who offers you candy. Are you going to go with them? Who are the people you're going to stay with? How do you identify them? You can go over all these questions and then you can say to them, I'm going to pretend I have someone that has candy, but you don't know me. I want to see what you're going to do. Show me how you're going to do it. And then practice it with them and see how that goes. They're probably going to laugh all the way through. They're probably going to think you're crazy and silly. So it's going to be fun for them, but you feel a little more secure that you've practiced it. They actually have the practice. And the last thing that I'll say is also teach them to lose their minds if someone is trying to take them. Now, your children don't have any problem falling out with you. 
So you can teach them that it is okay for them to fall out with other people. And this is one thing sometimes when we hear about gentle parents and how to respond to tantrums, there's a lot of like backlash and controversy. But this is one of the reasons that I won't get into today, but it is one of the reasons that we want to approach tantrums itself a certain way or the idea of your child, you know, telling you no a certain way because we are actually teaching our child that it is okay but it is our job to teach them when and where it's okay to say no and to throw a tantrum and to kick and scream. And so I tell my children, if someone is grabbing you that you don't know, yell, stranger danger. Yell, stop, I don't know you. Yell, don't touch me there. You can even, I've heard parents who say, I teach my child to cuss if someone touch, you know, tries to grab them. You can, because people are going to pay attention when they see a three, four, eight-year-old saying, stop f- touching me. And I know I don't usually cuss on here, but it is shocking. You have that shock value. So now you have people paying attention. And even with once they're paying attention, people know that children fall out and th- throw tantrums. That's why it's especially important to teach your child to say something along the lines that lets other people know that they do not know this person. Because sometimes people will look and they'll think, oh, that person, ooh, listen how they talk to their parent. No, let people know this is not my parent. I don't know you. Stranger danger. Someone help me. This person is effing touching me and I don't know them. Teach your child to do all these things. I don't personally teach my children to cuss. I do worry that they're going to misuse it and use it whenever they want. But I do know parents that do, and it makes sense to me. So if that's what you want to do, teach them to cuss. But I definitely teach my children to kick and scream. And I tell my children, if all else fails, like pee on this person. (laughs) Because no one wants to be peed on. And it may just have this person let you go and run away. But the crazier you act, the louder you scream, the more you kick and punch, the more you say, I don't know you, the more likely this person is going to be to let you go. Because they don't want attention. They're clearly doing something very illegal. (laughs) And they don't want to get caught. So they don't want attention. Um, And I don't know if y'all saw, I think it was CBS that recently highlighted a little girl who was taking the trash out and somebody happened to be walking by and he grabbed her and tried to get her to walk with him. And she shrieked at the top of her lungs and he left and walked away or ran away. And then dad actually went outside and chased the guy down. So it's just a great, clear example of how screaming like that works how kicking and screaming and saying, I don't know you, how it actually works to have perpetrators let you go. And then also teach your children, it's not just adults. Like sometimes adults actually have other children that they're working with. So a child comes up to a child and says, hey, come with me. So teach your children safety about all these things. If you're at the park with your child and another child is like, come this way, Teach your child how important it is that they come check in with you every so often and tell you where they're going. I mean, also know that it's your job to keep an eye on your children. But I I am not quick to pass judgment about people who don't have an eye on their children 100% of the time. And that is in part because I have six children. I have six children and two eyes and two eyes that only know how to focus on one place at a time and have very poor peripheral vision. So I cannot possibly keep my eyes on all of my children at every moment, unless I tell them to hold hands and slide down the apparatus together, which is just ridiculous. It's not happening. So 
There are going to be moments that you don't see your child, and all of us know it only takes a moment. So teach your child the importance of not walking off with a stranger, regardless of age, regardless of what they're offering you or trying to entice you with. Teach them how to come over to you and tell you, hey, I met a friend. I want to go over here. Can I go over here? Again, have them practice it on days that you go to the park, even when they don't meet a friend. Have them come over to you and practice telling you where they're going. Practice these things so that all of these things are regular components of what your child is doing and knows to do. So I think that's all I have for you today. Um, Your homework for this week is actually going to be to Google safety songs. So there's a wealth of songs that you can use to also teach your children about crossing streets, about stranger danger, about how to stay safe in museums, whatever it is. There's a wealth of songs. So go on YouTube, go on Google and Google safety songs for kids and teach at least one song to your child this week. That is your homework for this week. And let me know. Y'all, I love being here and I love having conversations with you. Only I don't actually get to hear the other side of the conversation. So like, talk back to me. (laughs) Whether on Instagram or here in the comments, like leave a review, rate the show. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what's been helpful because I want, I don't, I got six kids and I work. Like, I don't want to be here to help myself and listen to myself. I don't even like hearing myself. I want to be here because I want to be supportive to the community. I want to build a community of parents, uh, but I need you all to do that. So don't leave me out here hanging, wondering if I'm just talking to the sound waves by myself. (laughs) Let me know what's working for you, what's not working for you, what you're loving, what you want to hear. And I really look forward to hearing from you guys soon and connecting with y'all. That's what I'm here for. So see y'all later. Peace. Parenting for the Culture is executive produced by Cody and Tommy Oliver. Our senior producer is Crystal Hill. Art is by Koi Madison. Parenting for the Culture is a Black Love Podcast Network production. 